Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm David. I'm Sherry. And we are following up from our very last episode. The power of perspective. You know, I remember a time, uh, one of the worst times of my life, where I was going through just massive amounts of pain um, to the point where there were times when I could feel like almost a, a dissociation from myself because it was so painful. I just couldn't understand how people could, how a person, how an entity could be in as much emotional pain as I was in and still be alive. Hmm. And during those times, one of the things that got me through that was, and it's going to sound so weird, you guys, it really will, but it changes your whole life. Um, I would go when I would feel those waves, right? Cause grief and pain come in, in waves, right? If you, if you don't know that, that's how that happens, right? Comes in cycles and waves and you feel it and then it, you do a little better and then it hits you and you do a little better. And so during those times when I would feel it coming, I would run into my room, close the door, just take a minute for myself. And I would drop to my knees and I would thank God for my experience, for how it would help me be empathetic and more loving and more understanding of the people that I would come in contact with through the remainder of my life. And Hmm. it made a huge impact. It completely dropped like that, that overwhelming pain would just drop. It would just subside as I, as I did that, as I thanked God for the experience, how is this going to help me? How's this going to help me be a better person? And therefore then be able to be more empathetic and understanding and loving to the people I come in contact with. And that, that experience, I have no idea why I did that. I have, I have no clue how that came into my brain or, or what happened there. But it completely changed in my life. Wow. And that's what we're here. You know, we're here to become more loving, right? Right. And that's where the meaning and the connection in our lives comes from, are those experiences. And so... Mm-hmm. Wow. That's... It's a powerful space to be able to shift your thinking in challenging circumstances. Which, which leads into one of the ways that we accomplish that is gratitude. Yeah. And that sounds like that's exactly, you went to gratitude in that moment. Mm-hmm. Gratitude for what this was teaching you, which is really amazing considering the pain that you were in to switch to a gratitude perspective in the middle of that. So I think that obviously speaks to your story overall of that's just how you're built and that's who you are. Well, I don't, yeah. And I don't know how much of that is it's, it, 
it worked. It it, it, worked, it was a right. survival mechanism, right? Yeah. It really was. Yeah. It changed everything. Yeah. And that's awesome. And how we have the power of that perspective. Yes. No matter no matter where what, we are. right? You know, if you want more on that, go read Viktor Frankl's stuff, you know. Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive Thinking. Yeah. That's People who one. have been in, right? Victor Frankel in that circumstance. Yeah. Uh, and how it changed that positive thinking changed their life. Their saved their life. And saved their life. Literally. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, there's there's several, several uh, stories out there um, around that Corey Tenboom. You know, you look at that, her stuff. There's just, there's a lot of experiences. And so that's just a tiny little experience. I, clearly wasn't in a concentration camp, but it changed my life. So how do we do that? How do we do that in the circumstances we're in? And I think it's important to understand what feelings are, right? And feelings are how we connect with the world around us. They're they're really important information, but they aren't necessarily reflective of fact. Right. Or, or reality. It's the, it's the strangest thing. Yeah. We, we assume our feelings must be based in reality. And so if I feel like everybody's out to get me, for example, I actually believe that's exactly the way the world is. When in fact, no, everybody is not out to get me. Or if I feel like nobody loves me, nobody cares about me, I will absolutely buy into that as if it's fact when mm-hmm. it's not. And that's why we talk about check the facts and back up and get this different perspective because our feelings can mislead us. Our feelings are there for a lot of reasons and they can educate us, they can inform us, but they're not necessarily reality. Yeah. One of my favorite books about this is, um, and I've quoted her before, it's from a woman named Byron Katie um, and her, uh, her first book is Loving What Is. Um, and so she talks a lot about, a lot about this and a lot of the, she walks through a process of how to, you know, think about things differently, but let's just talk about, okay, so now I get, okay, well, maybe you're still kind of thinking like, what does that mean? Feelings aren't facts or aren't reflective of reality. So let's just walk through a, you know, a basic scenario. So we'll have a, a neighborhood barbecue okay. and something that I, you know, might normally just not totally love, not totally love, not make a priority. Okay. Yes. <laughs> However, yes. my wife very much so enjoys this. And so she would make it a priority and I am late and because I'm late and not on purpose, but I am late. And because I'm late, I miss this party. Right. I come in at the tail end where kind of the hard work is done, putting things away. My wife has um, a ice shaving machine, and so she'll bring it out and make this for everybody. And it's really heavy, and you bring the ice, and it's kind of a big deal. But it's all done. I come home, and it's all done, right? Right. And I walk in. So, of course. So what? Are, what is she going to be thinking? Right. What is she going to be thinking? What is she going to be thinking? And and. When we're in sessions, I will write the fact up at the top of the board. Okay, what's the fact? David was late. 
David missed the party. Yep. Okay. So there's the fact. Fact doesn't hold emotion. The chair is there, right? The meaning that you make around that chair being there is what gives the emotion, right? If that chair is in this terrible space and your child is going to fall out of an open window because that chair, like that produces different emotion than I'm so glad I bought this chair. It's amazing. It fits perfect in this space, right? That's the meaning you're making around the chair. So in this situation, David not being home at X time is a fact. It doesn't hold emotion. So what is the meaning then that maybe David's wife or many wives might make under those circumstances? The meaning that might come out of that is you don't care. You don't care. I did it on purpose. You did it on purpose because I know you don't love these things. Right. Right. And how is she going to feel if she's interpreted my behavior or actions to mean I don't care? Yeah. She's not important to me. How is she going to feel? Mm -hmm. And so this is great. So now if you've put fact up, so maybe stop and consider like a circumstance in which you felt really upset with someone or some distress around something. Maybe put that, pull, pull a piece of paper out and see if you can do this exercise yourself. So you put fact up at the top. Okay, what's the actual fact? Get down to the real nitty-gritty fact of it. Not, I was late would yes, be the fact. Yes. Not more than that. My spouse was late. Not like... Because... because they, yes. No, because <laughs> is just the fact. Okay? And then under that, you're going to put the meaning. You're going to write meaning. And you need to be able to split this in half. From here on down, this splits in half. So you have the fact at the top, and then you have a line down the middle underneath that, and you're going to have the meaning, and you're going to have two sides of that, and then and then the emotions. So you've written down on on the left side of that. If you can't you can't see me, but I'm 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 telling you, I'm showing you with my hands, um, the meaning. So he doesn't care. He did it on purpose. Um, and then I knew it. He doesn't think that yes. much about me. Yeah. Or about relationships and yes, what, what I want doesn't matter. That's a good one. And then you're going to go down to the emotions. So now if you've done this and you've got your emotions, what you want to do is you want to pull out that emotion wheel, right? We've talked about this in several episodes, Google emotion wheel. It comes up. It's great. It's got lots of different nuances, emotions, put all those on there, write them all out. What are the emotions that come up for you when you think he doesn't care about me? He doesn't love me. I'm not a priority to him. All of those things. It's not going to be pleasant, Mm-mm. right? Um, it's You're going to have words like abandoned and rejected. rejected and unlovable. And, you know, there's going to be a bunch of those. Okay. So now come on that other side of your line. And what you're going to look for is a... Meaning that could be equally or more true. And that phrase comes from from Byron Katie, and I just really like it. But is there a different meaning that could be equally or more true in that situation? And 
So, and that can be really challenging. It can because to come up with your brain is not in that space. You're, right, you're in kind of a worst case scenario. We often space. do this in therapy, right? right? <laughs> because yep. it can be really challenging to try to come up with an alternate meaning that might be equally or more true. Right. And another way to do this also is to call it a best case scenario. Assuming you're sort of in the worst case scenario, uh, what's the best case scenario? Yeah, yeah. And so it it intentionally invites you to go the other direction. Yeah. About what happened and and why. Mm-hmm. Yep. Either so way. let's look at what that what that could be in this case. Is there something that could be equally or more true? A best case scenario for David being late. Yeah. And, and your brain, again, will kind of sort of resist like you're just changing gears. You, yeah, you, you're you changing reality. You need to slow reality. down stop before you you're go from drive to You're changing reality <laughs> here, and this isn't what's actually true, right? But again, right. if it could be equally or more true, yep. then are you actually, you know, coming back to that feelings are reality? Mm, not necessarily. Right? So the fact is the reality. David is late. Okay? So look at what might be equally or more true, might be a best case scenario. And in this situation, David's already told us it, he didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> I didn't do it on purpose. A session went over. Um, it actually had nothing to do at all with the barbecue, and I was trying to avoid it intentionally. Yeah, he wasn't trying to avoid it. It just, that's, the session went over. He got back as quick as he could, you know, came in and all of that. So if that is equally or more true, so then what are then the emotions that come up then? Like, oh, wow, he tried to get back as quick as he could and, you know, jumped right into things. Right. Yep. He, okay. He did care. He did. So your emotions are going to look very different. Very different. Very, very different. And even how you approach David coming in the door is going to be really different. Right. right. If you're believing the one versus the other. Right. And, and hopefully you kind of get a sense of that. Right. It would not be personal. It would no longer be internalized to mean something negative about you. It's because you are not important. You are unlovable. So I know what you're thinking. Maybe, maybe I don't. I imagine some of you are thinking, well, okay, that's great because you didn't actually have an intention to hurt. (laughs) What about if my spouse is doing something intentionally to hurt, which sadly sometimes is the case. And so what if, what if I had been late on purpose? Well, this still applies and here's why. If I was late on purpose and that's going to hurt naturally because it does hurt, that means I'm avoiding, it means I knew it was important to you and I didn't care that much that it was important to you. We still want to keep this from being personalized as you're worthless, you're not lovable, you're out of control because you're none of those things. And so even if I did it intentionally, we still want you to arrive in a place of 
it's about me and not about you. And so had I done this intentionally or a really common scenario Meaning it's about David and not about you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let's clarify that. So it would be about me in that scenario and not about you. And so if I had chosen to be late on purpose to avoid this, Mm -hmm. I am not doing very well at a lot of things. I'm not doing very well at sharing how I feel Mm -hmm. or holding boundaries or being being very loving. Mm -hmm. And none of those mean that my life is unimportant or unlovable or not worth it. And so real common scenario would be clients come in here and he, let's say, slipped or relapsed and, and looked at porn and this has happened and now she's trying to make meaning out of this Mm -hmm. because now she's questioning the meaning that she's making, which is where we want her to be. What does this mean? And what does this not mean? Yes. And you'll find that it means, and you'll feel better about this. It means that he is undisciplined in certain areas or immature in certain areas. And, and certainly I think we all are. I hope that's not a big revelation that we struggle with some of this right. stuff. Right. Yeah. So clarification here. We all are None in of us some are perfect, of these different so, ways. Right. But that's what it means. What it does not mean is that I'm unimportant because if he treats me like I'm not important, I can still be important. And it's about him and where he's at. Yes. Which will feel very different. Yes. Yes. It again. Yeah. Again, we have a lot of meaning that will come up for spouses. I'm not loved. I'm not important. I'm, I mean, then we start getting even into like body image stuff that happens. So if you recognize any of those things, right, I'm not lovable, all of those things, like those are not true as an effect of a fact. Right. Right. It's, it's not a fact that you're unlovable because your spouse looks at porn. Yes. It's not a fact. Yeah. The fact is That's that he looked at porn. And the rest is up to you to make meaning out of. Yes. Yeah. And you can see clearly all of the negative that emotions that that's going to bring up on that side. If you're believing all of that, if that's where you are. Right. And then on the other side, if it's, he needs, you know, there's things that he needs to do because right. he's struggling. He's not being very loving. He's not, or she you know, all of those things that changes the emotions, right? Then there's like maybe even moves into a space. Um, eventually, we'd love for you to get to the space of there being compassion, understanding. Right. Um, and like, oh, okay, this isn't, this isn't about me, right? There's a phrase in the 12-step literature uh, for spouses, uh uh, spouses, family, friends of addicts that says, um, you know, you didn't cause it. You can't cure it. Right? right. It's like, it's not about you. Right. And you will be so much more involved in a positive healing process when you can see them with compassion because you are not internalizing what they're doing. Yes. Imagine you internalize this to mean that you're not important. You're not worth it. That's going to hurt. You're going to resent them. But you also want to be supportive and help them to heal, but you resent them. It's not going to work very well. So Mm -hmm. what they need is for you to see things clearly and to stay in reality and not make negative meaning out of what's happening. So 
And it's not your responsibility to heal them. Yes. That's not what that means. That was, I was like, okay, let's talk about that for a second, right? Yeah. If you choose to be involved in that healing recovery process, you being loving and compassionate because you're taking care of you and staying in a healthy perspective Mm -hmm. will make a big difference. Yeah. And they still need to do the work. Right. But it will make a big difference if me looking at porn doesn't mean that I don't love you or I don't want to be with you. If you internalize it to mean that, it's going to be hard for you to support me. Right. So. Right. And and again, that, that yeah, that that is what would invite them and, and help them in that supportive process. It's, um, and, and it's okay to feel, right? Like we don't yes. want to negate feeling because anytime that you negate or push against that, it's, it won't move, right? right? You are going to hit your head against a brick wall over and over and over again because you haven't been seen. And that's a critical piece there is to see, is to feel, is to feel sad that you have a broken leg, right? Right. Is to feel the pain of a lot of distress. Like that is okay and important and critical in order to really be able to move into a space of compassion or understanding or all of these different things. Right. And we don't want to be stuck in that space. You don't want to be stuck in that for forever. Right. You want to be able to kind of pull back and say, okay, is there maybe an alternate meeting? And this works also on the other side of that. I mean, obviously it's applicable Um, you know, my example isn't from this situation clearly, but it's applicable in everywhere in our lives, but let's flip that around and real quick, do one from that, um, addicted spouse side of things. So they come, so say you're, uh, an addicted spouse and you share that you are an addict or that you are looking, make, maybe this is kind of a, a D-Day moment and you're right. coming forward with that and saying, I've had an affair or I'm looking at porn or whatever. And your spouse goes crazy yeah, and gets really angry or um, whatever, however it is, there's a lot of different, a wide range of reactions, right? doesn't want to, you know, talk, wants to like separate for a week, drives up, you know, just packs up the kids and drives to their parents' house. Yeah. Even says they're done. Maybe a really struggling situation, right? A, A situation where they're upset. Okay. That's the fact they're upset. Okay. What's the meaning that can and can and often comes from that? They don't love me. Right. I'm worthless. I'm not good enough. I'm a bad person. I'm, I'm a bad person. Yeah. I'm a monster. I'm. Yeah. yeah. That obviously there can be many meanings, but that's a common pattern, mm-hmm. right? To see. So then, what are the emotions that go along with that? Rejection, abandonment, pain, like not having worth, not being lovable. Like again, pull out that emotion wheel. You can probably cover a good chunk of it, a good swath of that, and put it on there. So then what happens when you are in that space? We've kind of talked about what could happen with the spouse when they're in that space over there. But what happens when you're in that space? Oftentimes that sends you right back into relapse. Right. Exactly. Right? 
at, at least you're in the shame bubble. Yep. And you're just really struggling. So can we look at an alternative meaning that could be equally or more true, a best case scenario? What would that be? What is the meaning that an alternate meaning that could be in that situation? Well, hopefully when you're in a, a healthy perspective, which is why you check the facts and stop and look at all of this, um, that information is really, really hurtful. But you are not just what you've done. And mm-hmm. that's one of the most important realizations we can make in this whole... Or not what you've done. Or not what you've done in this whole therapy process, right? Is I am more than what I've done. So if my choices have really hurt somebody, because of course the potential is there for us to really hurt each other, mm-hmm. I am more than my choices. So yeah. the meaning that I want to make from that is my words or my attitudes or my behaviors have hurt those close to me, have mm-hmm. hurt my spouse, have betrayed our trust. However, it does not mean I am a bad person or I'm worthless it or means, I'm unlovable. So then what does it mean? It means I'm a human being that's doing and here doing the best I can and making messes all over myself and other people. And that's a part of this process of growth and progression. Another meaning you could make of my spouse is upset is my spouse is in pain. They're walking through it. They're in charge of their own stuff. You know, it doesn't mean they're leaving now necessarily, you know, I mean, it could in that situation, but it also means you're okay still. But going back to, you know, it's okay for someone to feel pain when they've been wounded. Right. And I I often will tell guys who come in and they're just heartbroken sometimes just weeping like she's, that's it. I told her this and she's leaving. We're getting a divorce. She's divorcing me and they're just heartbroken. And as appropriate, because I want to mourn with them and grieve with them, I I want to point out that what she's divorcing is your behavior. What she's divorcing Mm. is your unhealthy patterns. Not you personally. You, in fact, she does love. That's why she's with you. That's you have this whole life experiences you've shared together. Mm -hmm. But your behavior or your attitudes and words have reached a point where um, she's maybe going to set a really good boundary, but you can't take that personally to be you. It's your behavior because if you can't separate those two things, you won't be motivated because you're the problem. It's a problem you can't fix. Yeah. If you're the problem, you can't fix it. But if it's your behavior that's been less effective, and I think that wording is very intentional. If Mm -hmm. your behavior, if, if your pattern around sexuality, for example, has been less effective, there's something you can do about that. Yes, absolutely. So the difference, what it means and what it does not mean is tremendous. And nobody can do this for you. Nobody can make you feel better by changing your perspective. You have to be the one to change your perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hopefully this is helpful to show you how our perspectives can kind of get us in trouble. But we don't have or to Or change be, your life. <laughs> or change your life. Hopefully that's the goal. So the power of perspective is huge. 
not only to lower stress um, or anxiety or depression or any of that, but to actually um, create goals, make mm-hmm. progress, feel differently, and Live show up. Live your best life, your 2.0 version of yourself. Yep. And have so much more connection and meaning in your life. Yes. We're glad you joined us today. Hopefully this was helpful. Please join us in the future as we continue to talk. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.